Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All Dolphins, all the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Porpoise Pod. Tobin here with you alongside my co-host, Alejandro Solana. Solana, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, 1-0. Hard not to feel good after uh, you beat the Patriots. Yep. 1-0. Smells better. Food tastes better. Whatever the other uh, cliches they throw out there. McCochin's got a little bit more swagger. We noticed more of a waddle from him, no pun intended, because of his uh, big cojones. So, you know what? Shout out. The world is good for uh, the undefeated Mike McDaniel Miami Dolphins as they go into week two and uh, take on the Baltimore Ravens who beat the New York Jets last week. Before we get into that, you got any final thoughts uh, to put a bow on week one? Anything that, you know, you have thought of or any, you know, things that you've seen out there that have interested you or tickled your fancy? So, first of all, um, not that, you know, we, we we questioned some of Tua's antics late in the game, Tobin, which I think is fair. But anybody who came away from that game saying Mac Jones is better than Tua, I mean, you, you got to just reconsider your entire perspective on life. Let's be real. Um, I, I want to start there because I saw a lot of that where even today, we're a couple days removed from the game and people are still hammering the Tua stuff and saying that, you know, he didn't show enough. And and I just, like, it, it's bothering me. Tua can play better, yes. But it's also true that he played a good game and he did enough for the Dolphins to get the victory. Well, I think the thing that's interesting, too, is, and people aren't going to want to hear this because it feels like Tua's already been given every excuse. So I get it. But. It is still a new offense that everybody is learning, and he is the orchestrator of. And he has a first-time head coach who is calling plays for the first time. And even Mike McDaniel was talking about this on his Monday press conference where he was talking about, you know, two even covered for me at certain times because I didn't get a play-in and I didn't get the look that we wanted. So these are things that we don't really know as fans or or observers or as media when we're watching the games of, of those kind of things that go awry. And so... I get it. Nobody wants to hear any more excuses for Tua because it's year three. He's removed from the surgeries. He's removed from the injuries. He's got the wide receiver help now. Uh, he's already had the the coaching sabotage uh, excuse. But on a positive note, it's not like uh, I believe it was. I don't know if it was the Levitard show or where my good dad just said you can't just go poof run game poof offense is fixed. Like this stuff does still need to work all itself out, and there are going to be some kinks along the way. And I think the thing that is positive and they've all acknowledged is they got the win, uh, but they still have things that they got to work on. 
Yeah, and and here I also wrote down because I feel like after the game we're all super po- both you and I were super positive and we're hyped up and we're glad we beat the stupid Bill Belichick led Patriots and we hate Mac Jones and we think he's a goofball. But I do think there are some fair criticisms I saw, and you're mentioning right there some of the offense. You know, the fact that the offense only scored one touchdown and the lack of run game in that first game. You know, we saw some good things from Mostert um, and and Edmonds, but for the most part, I mean, the Dolphins only had, what, 67 yards running the ball, something like that, something in that range. Um, That's not impressive, and it's certainly not, you know, the – the big running improvement we were expecting with Mike McDaniel. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of poking fun at Mike Kosicki. I'm one of them, by the way. Mike Kosicki, one catch, one yard. I think that's worse than having no catches. But if the run game, and, and by the way, it's only one game, but I was thinking about it where, like, if the run game isn't improved and, you know, you have this weapon and you're going to pass the ball the majority of times, well, then maybe it is time to go to Mike Kosicki a little more and figure out ways to get him in the offense, you know? Uh, because if the Dolphins are moving the ball and they're getting 150 yards a game on the ground and it's Durham Smythe and Alec Ingold and some of these bigger guys doing the dirty work, then fine. I'm willing to compromise and sacrifice not having Gasicki out there. But, Tobin, if we get into week four or week five and the Dolphins still can't move the ball on the ground, like that's something to think about as well where it's like, hey, hold on a second we weren't using Mike Kosicki because we need a pass blocking tight end. Well, if we're not running the ball well anyways, like let's incorporate him at some point. Yeah. I'm still okay. Just giving it the old, give me three, four weeks to see how it goes. And also knowing that this is a tough three weeks. That's going to be coming up for him. Um, You know, I, I get it. Like when you are dubbed a run game guru or anything like that, you expect those results pretty quickly, and these are hand-picked guys, basically, from Mike McDaniel and Chase Evans and Mostert. Not guys with, like, the greatest resumes in the world. I mean, Raheem Mostert is known as one of the fastest guys in the NFL, but he's got, like, you know, that one signature playoff run. Uh, has never really put it all together in a season. And Chase Edmonds was essentially the Cardinals' backup last year, and now is getting more of an opportunity. So these are guys that aren't necessarily proven either and they haven't really had anybody like that since my boy the british bulldog jay ajayi of a guy who could really carry the load for them um and i know like you know people make fun of that i mean our our old friend Kenyon drake is on the uh, other ravens now he had a nice little run uh at like for five games but to have that guy who's really taken the 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 haul for the dolphins all those years they haven't really had that in a long time and the, uh, the thought is that Mike McDaniel is going to be able to, you know, scheme that and get that all together. But I do think that's going to take some time because also remember, these guys did not play a lot in the preseason and Raheem Mostert barely got reps in the, in the, in training camp. So I think that is some stuff that's going to take time, but I don't, I don't think it's unfair to at least put a thing of, all right, well, that wasn't, ex- that wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, make too much of the first game either. But I, I was, you know, that, that that is a fair criticism. The run guru stuff, we talked a lot about it. And for us not to de- not to even get close to 100, right? Not even not even get to the century mark. It, it, it was just certainly something that you notice and, and you take yeah. note of and, and you move forward. And, and let's be real, Tobin, like with the way that the Ravens put up points, maybe the Dolphins won't be running up all too much in week two either. 
Um, and, and I mean, hopefully that's not the case. I would love for the, the Dolphins to be up big and to run the ball a bunch in the second half, but I, we, we know what's going to happen in that game. Like the Dolphins are going to need to throw the ball. They're going to they're need to, gonna, they're, they're gonna need to move the ball with Tua, slinging it, hitting Tyreek, hitting Waddle, and, and making big plays. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, too, is they're going to find a lot of different ways to get those guys the football, which can kind of also be your de facto run game. You know, I think we're all just kind of learning, Mike McDaniel, like there's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of that stuff of getting guys in motion at all times. And, yeah, it is important because we know Tua loves that play action. We know that, you know, if you've got no ability to get anything going, no one's going to buy that. And, you know, Tua's has not exactly got the frame of somebody you want to tee off on either. And especially we see in these late-game situations, how much better would it be if they had a run game they could trust to really ice away the game. So I get you on that one for sure. And and I, I might have even mentioned it, but you know, just sticking with the run game there for a second, those short yardage third and ones, third and twos, man, like you you want to see the Dolphins convert. I think at one point Alec Ingle did get one of those like third and ones in the third yep. or fourth quarter. We call um, it the Lusaka Polite, dude. That's right. Lusaka light. Lusaka yep. light, baby. Alec Ingold. Um, but like consistently, I mentioned it in the last pod. If you're a team that's contending, you get those those third and ones, those third and twos. Like you have to be able to get those and convert those and move the chains late in the game because if not, you find yourself in a situation where you have to punt the ball back to the other team. And as much as we rely on the defense, rather have the ball, the, the offense with the ball, Philbin. So uh, yeah, that's my hot take there. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh un, like I said I don't think they're they're unfair things to bring up. I'm just not. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it just because of, you know, realizing that this is a new play caller. Uh, and these are the things that, you know, are tough when you are a guy in Mike McDaniel's spot where he has been given a very talented roster. You're going to get crushed right away. You see what Nathaniel Hackett is going through where it's like, hey, dude, you were given this kind of ready-made roster. You were given a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. And your first move with him is, eh, I'm going to kick 64 yards. And then the next day being like, oops, probably shouldn't have done that. Like you're already getting pressured into second guessing. And I think that's something that comes that those are things that come with a position. You don't really realize when you're a cutesy little coordinator, like you have to answer for all these decisions. You have to answer for everything on the team. And uh, though Mike McDaniel got to do it in a positive light, cause he got the Gatorade shower and all that. Um, I do think that, you know, he's not, you know, he's just, he's not Don Shula yet. He uh, he does need to uh, he does need to to work through some kinks as well, and I think needs to realize you know what are the reps, what's the right balance for this team too, and I think once they get there, um, you know hopefully this is going to be in a much better spot. But when we roll back on the Porpoise Pod, we will take a look back a little bit at last year's matchup because look, it was only a year ago. A lot of the faces are the same for the Dolphins on offense. A lot of faces have changed but they are taking on a dynamic, dynamic player, Lamar Jackson, who's also had a very interesting season, who has also tied himself into the Miami Dolphins. So when the Porpoise Pod comes on, comes back, we'll get to a little bit of, a little bit of Dolphins and Ravens week two. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Porpoise Pod went on here. All right, uh, Solana. So we got a week two matchup here against a Baltimore Ravens team that has typically kicked the Dolphins' ass. You know, we talk about years past uh, Dolphins against the Ravens has been a bit of a horror show. And that's why it was such an interesting game last year for a lot of reasons. Uh, but this Dolphins team was mired in such a terrible start. You know, two and seven at the time. They had just snapped a long losing streak. Uh, The Ravens were six and two. They were eight and a half point road favorites against Miami in this one. Crazy. Crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it was a wild. It was a real wild turning point for the Miami Dolphins because, you know, I remember all the articles that were like, Lamar Jackson, homecoming king. You know, everybody was already uh, packing up the Dolphins season. Tua had hurt his finger. Remember, it was his second injury. He had the fractured finger. And he seemed like he was going to be good to go. And then they're like, nah, you're not good to go. Bring in Jacoby Brissett. So we got Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins against Lamar Jackson. It felt like they were going to get drubbed. Like, if this felt like the Dolphins were going to slaughter this past game. Yeah, it, 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 I remember going into the game thinking this is going to be a 30-point route by the Ravens. And Tobin, every time the Dolphins before that game had played the Ravens, it felt since the Greg Camarillo game, it was a 40-point win by the Ravens, right? Because remember, yep. Flo's first year, week one, oh. Raven, Ravens put 59 on the Dolphins. And then for whatever reason, I can't help but think of 2008, Ed Reed, the Kill Pennington them. just throwing interceptions everywhere. And then even if you want to go back to like, well, what was that? 2002, the last time the Dolphins played them in the playoffs before that, like it just feels like the Ravens are our daddies. Yep. And other than Greg Camarillo legend, and then this Thursday night football game, the Ravens kind of are our daddies. Yeah. And that's what made this so strange because you have this, this guy who is coming in here to this hero's welcome. It's such an odd thing because he is such a beloved figure down here, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he really is. And for him to have kind of this national TV coronation, almost be ruined by a team that really had lost its identity. I don't know what had happened to this dolphins defense all year. It had gotten passive. It dealt with some injuries, but like nothing compared to the starting QB being out. And I just, you didn't recognize this team. They had lost to the Jaguars in London. Um, the Falcons and, game also late in the game. Yes. Um, uh, Matt Ryan throwing a cow pits all over the field. They go down, yep. they win the game with a, a game winning drive. Like they were just torching the Dolphins defense and, and, and for, missed me with injuries. Cause X was playing most of the time. Byron was playing most of the time. Like, this was the Dolphins' defense. It was. It's very strange. It was very strange, and then that this game was just such a it was such a turning point for that attitude because right out of the gate, 
they are hounding Lamar Jackson. Like they're coming out of him. Javon Holland is, is blitzing like crazy. They're using all kinds of different. Look at them. Like the aggression had just been cranked up. I don't know if it was a, we got nothing to lose attitude or what it was, but that defense that was such a stable the year before that was giving quarterbacks fits. Uh, now all of a sudden it was like an old friend coming back for this matchup against Lamar <laughs> Jackson. And they really held him down basically that entire game. And it was just such a strange thing that this game where it seemed like they had no hope, nobody thought that they were going to be able to pull it off against a guy of this caliber, an MVP player. And they were able to really, really make him uncomfortable the entire night. It was such a, such a weird, weird night. I'm just looking at like some of my notes here, Tobin, from that game. The Ravens scored the first field goal of the game early on on their first drive. They didn't score again until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Think about that. The right. Dolphins held the Ravens without a point until four minutes left in the third after their first drive, which was just a Justin Tucker field goal. And and if you really think about it, like you had Jacoby in the game. He the- kind of like hobbles off the sideline. Right. And then Tua comes in, middle fingers up to flow. Like I'm I don't like F you, I'm playing, I'm playing this game and uh, plays pretty well, you know, like had, had a, some big moments. He had the touchdown late in the game as well. Uh, but most importantly, middle fingers up to flow because, you know, flow benched his ass that game. He blamed it on the injury, but two was ready to go. Flo benched. It was an odd thing. Yeah. There was a whole thing that maybe there were reports, some rumors that he would like, he thought he was golfing too much and that he is, he wasn't <laughs> taking his, his uh, preparation seriously, which Look, even Mike McDaniel has acknowledged this year that Tua has cranked that up to a a, a different level of profession that maybe he wasn't at last year. Um, so maybe it was some immaturity on Tua's part. He had even admitted after his first year with Chan Gailey that he didn't know the playbook as well as he should have. So perhaps that was a thing. I don't know. It's not you know Tua is not a flawless uh, a flawless player, a flawless guy. But the thing that's funny about that when you say middle fingers to flow, he had both of his quarterbacks hate him because remember like Jacoby Brissett. They go to the sidelines. They're like, oh, yeah, Jacoby Brissett's been cleared to play. He tried to come in, and Flo told him to stay, and he walked away frustrated. So he had literally both quarterbacks hating him in that same game. It was pretty marvelous. Um, but the best moments of this game, I mean, really didn't even count because it was Robert Hunt scoring a touchdown that doesn't count, which still should have <laughs> in my mind. I, I, I don't understand. Like, if a, if a fat man runs and looks that beautiful with the, with the arch, how does that not count? It was the greatest play that didn't count in the history of the Miami Dolphins, right? Yes. Yes. This, I don't even think it's up for debate. I don't even think it's up for debate. <laughs> and I, I, it was, it made me so happy because nobody, everybody loves the fat guy who does something that little, that little guys do in the game when he does something and looks good. Um, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. He wasn't allowed to touch the ball. I don't know why he thought he could just take it and scoop, but who cares? Like he was just, He's like, I got the football. Let's go. Let's make this happen. Two is under pressure. I'll make something out of nothing. There was something graceful about him, you know, juking out defenders, jumping into the end zone. Like typically when like oversized guys in the NFL do something, it's never really graceful. It's just, you know, meaty powerfulness coming your way, like a fridge coming your way. There was something extremely like delicate and graceful about him just charging into the end zone. Um, that no joke. Like you look back last year, it's wild to say, but the play that didn't count, that might've been 
one of the more memorable plays from the Dolphins' eight-game winning streak to end the season. Oh, yeah. He got the elevator. He got the elevator that day, too. That's right. It was, right. uh, it was pretty crazy. And that was at a uh, – so at that point in the game, there was 13 minutes left. It was 6-3. And then you had your plays that really did count, which was Xavier Howard. He lit up Sammy Watkins, forced a fumble, returned it for a TD. Uh, the Dolphins really were giving Lamar Jackson hell. And they were trying to be physical with him, too. Remember, J- Jerome Baker basically suplexed him in the, uh, him. in the end zone, killed him, got a rough in the passer on that one. Uh, Javon Holland got some extracurricular activity on him too. And like you said, they did not score until there was just a few minutes left in the game, but still got him to within five. So Tua really has to go out there and have this, this clutch moment. And he does it with a 64 yard pass to Albert Wilson in motion and, you know, really set them up for the the clinching touchdown Tua rushes it in. And it was a huge moment. It was a huge moment for the team It was a huge moment for Tua. Uh, a national TV spotlight game. He comes off the bench, a game he doesn't think he's going to play in, and you know, really ices the game for this team and 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 uh, and and gets a win that they they desperately need to push him to three and seven. Yeah, when you look at what that game did, I mean, you talk about Xavier Howard, the play he made, it really kind of brought him back to like that that Pro Bowl level, I think. And it's not like he was having a terrible season. Really, the entire Dolphins defense wasn't, you know, as you mentioned, wasn't playing great. But man, like I feel like X use that for the rest of the year as fuel. And Javon Holland, that was kind of like his breakout game, right? Uh, yeah. Not only on the national level, but he made big plays that game. Pretty sure he had an interception that game. If not one, but two. Do I have that right? Like, he definitely... He, maybe maybe not. Um, oh, no, it was Justin Coleman who had an interception that game. But Javon Holland... Uh, no, but he, he was... Four, I, four, yeah, four he tackles, was, he, like... Uh, like he was, he, and he had a sack on, on Lamar, as we mentioned, like he was everywhere that game. Yeah. He was, he was just flying. He was in Lamar's face at all times. Um, just a really, really great. It was just such a season changing game for the Dolphins. Now, yeah, obviously they had, uh, they went on a win. I think they won five more straight after this up until the Tennessee loss, which was obviously crushing. And we don't have to talk about that right now, but the point is this game meant a lot, uh, for Tua and, Really, I think, uh, took a lot of the wind out of the sails of Lamar Jackson, who was, you know, riding high at this point. He thought he was going to come into this hero's welcome, and the Dolphins really spoiled his party. So, sets up for a lot of interesting scenarios that you have two non-divisional teams with this, you know, interesting connection of a quarterback who's out here liking photos of himself in Dolphins uniform. He's in a standoff with a contract with a team that, isn't really sure if they're going to invest in their quarterback long-term. So this has some interesting storylines going into it in that if Lamar Jackson does kick the Dolphins' ass, there's going to be a base down here because he's loved and because he's really awesome. Of uh, Well, let's go get Lamar Jackson. Let's let He's unhappy there. If they won't pay him, you know Stephen Ross will pay him. Um, right. And then there's all – but there's also the case of Tua who could also do what he did to Belichick and be like, nah, player, I'm 2-0 against him too. I'm just I'm just rolling on here. So it's kind of a I know quarterbacks don't play each other, but quarterbacks are very much like head coaches and they're based on their record. And so it does matter. And it does matter for Tua. And it does matter for I think the uh for 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 the fan base to see that Tua now has two wins over this guy in the two meetings they've had uh, uh facing each other. Yeah, and and Tobin, look, I know a lot of people want to forget about it because it happened so long ago, but Steve Ross won a Lamar Jackson. That was a rumor. I, I mean, 
it, was it a rumor? Like, are, are we not are, are we not ready to to confirm that? I don't know. I mean, no, because I've, I've heard like nine different accounts of it, but there there were many reports <laughs> that said that he told the draft room to take Lamar Jackson, and they didn't. They wouldn't take him. Um, and I think that it, and they said if he didn't, because I think that was the year they took Minka. Um, I think that he was saying, well, then we should trade back if we're not going to take Lamar Jackson. And, you know, they didn't take Lamar Jackson. He ends up in Baltimore, obviously. Uh, he was, and he's, you know, him and Josh Allen have been the two successful QBs from that draft class. So if that is the case, you know, he may, even if he doesn't, there's no way Steven Ross, who is out, who's literally suspended for tampering right now to try and get Tom Brady, uh, was trying to get Deshaun Watson to settle all his suits. If Lamar Jackson becomes available, you bet your ass if Tua doesn't work out, he's going to try and go get him. It's it, it's not even a question in my mind. That's absolutely going to happen. Yeah, I don't think anybody would, would be upset about that either. Uh, like, I want Tua to work so bad. I really do. Uh, but Lamar, I'm down. <laughs> would it be? Uh, all right, we come back. We'll do a little echolocation. We'll hear from some of your Dolphins going into this week two matchup. And uh, Ravens dealing with some big-time injuries as well. We'll give you updates on that. Porpoise Pod swims on after this. Porpoise Pod swimming on here as Tobin and Solana here previewing Dolphins and Ravens getting ready for some week two action. Let's get to a little echolocation here, Solana, and uh, hear what our Miami Dolphins have to say going into this one. As we mentioned, this was a coming-out part of this last matchup last year for the snowman, Javon Holland. And uh, he was uh, asked uh, some some questions that he wasn't really uh, willing to dive into. Here is uh, Javon Holland. Uh, Josh, Boyer, and Mike make a decision on this. It won't be revealed publicly, nor should it be. But how curious are you heading into Wednesday to see if Josh Boyer decides to blitz you and Brandon nearly as much as he did against Baltimore last year when he had... 38 combined blitzes, most by two NFL safeties in a game in many, many years. That is a fabulous question. No problem. That is a fabulous question that I am not going to answer. I'm not going to answer. I don't have an answer for that. Of course, my answer, my question is not what he's going to do. That's strategic. My question was just, Javon, is it something you're curious to know what his game plan is because last year's was so unique? Nah. I'm going to just do what the coaches tell me. That's my job. Nice try, Barry Jackson. Nice try. Tried to get him. You're not going to get him. You're not going to pin down the snowman. It's too slick. Way too slick. And McDaniel, he he tipped them all off. You know, he's like, hey, this Barry Jackson over there, first of all, only only let him have one question. He's going to try to sneak two on you. Yep. And second of all, he's going to want to try to get a little too much out of you. Don't give him anything. All right, don't give this Barry Jackson anything. He's 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 gonna be there. He's gonna try his tricks. He's been a veteran journalist for thirty plus years. Don't let him. Don't look into his eyes. <laughs> don't look into his eyes. You never know what he's gonna do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine they are. How is Josh Boyer not gonna go with a similar game plan? Like it worked. Prove that it's not gonna work. Um, certainly, like zero blitzes. Some- zero blitzes every down and and try to get to Lamar every time and try to frustrate him. It- yeah. Yeah, I mean like it's it's a it's a team that people still question their weapons. Now obviously look. 
if they have J.K. Dobbins back, he's you know still coming back of an ACL, so we don't know what kind of guy we're going to get there. Um, still got Mark Andrews. He's a beast at tight end. Monster yeah. year last year, nearly fourteen hundred yards receiving, nine touchdowns. Uh, you know, and then somehow I think still goes under the radar for some people who don't play fantasy football. But he's a beast of a tight end that they got to deal with. Scored a touchdown in the game last year, but. You know, for the most part, Solana, like they had a really good game plan for him. So why wouldn't they go that direction? I, I think that that would be uh, it would be silly to think that they wouldn't. I mean, the Dolphins kind of wrote the script on how to stop Lamar last year. I totally get Thursday night football in Miami, you know, hectic atmosphere down here. Like I understand where you could just write it off as, well, you know, it's now in Baltimore. I, I understand that. But man, like the Dolphins, I really do believe people saw what the Dolphins did last year and were able to implement it against Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, and by the way, Tobin, like as much as I'm looking at, because I know the line opened up at, I think Ravens minus three. Now it's up to three and a half. It might even move to four. Uh, but I know, you know, they put 24 on the jets. That's really not that impressive. If we're being honest, like a lot of people want to look at what the Ravens did week one against the jets. And there were a couple impressive plays uh, I know it was like that 55-yard bomb to Bateman, and then right. Duvernay caught a 25-yard pass. Like there, there's, you know, the big play uh, is always going to be there with Lamar. But I mean, Dolphins put 20 on the Patriots, 24 on the Jets, who are arguably yeah. worse. Like that's not that impressive. Yeah, I mean, look, the Jets suck. I mean, I don't care what their <laughs> yeah, coach is exactly. sitting here saying. He's taking receipts on everybody. Like, what's what this solid doing? <laughs> What the hell does that he mean? Doing? I don't know. He's he's like, he's, he's like threatening. He's threatening people. He's like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll come find you later. C- congratulations, like, dude, you're dude. you're gonna run your own freezing cold takes account. Great. Joe Flacco's <laughs> throwing sixty passes a game. Who who are you coming after, bro? Fe- feels like this Jets team. They don't seem like they got their head on straight. You got Zach Wilson, you know, banging milfs, and you got this, you know, this Robert Sala is worried about what Craig Carton and 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 Mike Francesa are saying up there. Like I, I think he's got to. I think he's got to get his eye on the prize a little bit. It's, it's yeah. Win strange. three. Win three games this season. Like that. Yeah. That's the eye on the prize for you. Win three games this season. Uh. So also, did you see this with Javon Holland? Did you see his cowboy look that he had? Incredible. Who was he? Who was he with? Tobin. Who was that? That that he was posing with uh, on this picture see. you sent me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me get this. It's. I think it's. It's like one of the backup guys, I think. I'm getting it right now. Um, but I, I did love, I did love the cowboy look. Like he rocked it. And and I did anybody ask him about that today? I didn't watch the entire press conference. Like, did anybody ask him about the cowboy look? Uh, Verone McKinley. Uh, that's who he's he's with. His teammate Verone McKinley's there. Uh, yeah. In fact, perfect setup there, Solana on echolocation. Here is Javon Holland talking about said cowboy look. Hi, man, it's not a new fit. I was just, I was seeing uh, Blake Ferguson wearing like some cowboy stuff. And I was like, you know, I might as well throw, you know, a little cowboy hat on or whatever. I already had the suit. Shout out Indochino for the suit. But uh, yeah, you know, it's something simple. Plus, I got a nickname, Quick Draw Jeff, along with other nicknames. But yeah. yeah. New nicknames. New nicknames up the wazoo. Quick Draw Jeff. All right. I don't, I mean, sure, whatever you want, dude. Look at that for our YouTube audience wow. out there. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good look. That he's is. Got it going I, on. See, and I then, yeah, he's got our, like the, he's doing the quick draw thing, you know? Big fan. Big fan wow. of this Javon Holland. I love this Ocho. Um, 
I would expect like Sealer to pull off, you know, one of these guys like Sealer or or like Andrew Van Ginkle to pull off yes. the cowboy look. Javon Holland, I mean, he went to Oregon, Tobin. <laughs> like, are there cowboys in Oregon? I don't think so. Not aware. Not aware. But you want to know something? Maybe he lives in Davie. And he's like, you know what? He takes a little stop at Griff's and he goes, gets himself a nice little Stetson hat. And he's good to go. That's all you That's need, dude. That you is know? a good point. It's not, it's not, it's not that out of the realm of possibility. Uh, speaking of nicknames, did you see uh, as you, one of your guys who you popped uh, bottle noses for, Cater Kohu? Did you see what he was doing on social media? Did you see the nickname that people have given him? No, I, I did see the nickname, but I also <laughs> I saw his response to it, and he was he like he didn't seem he almost was like, hey, I like that you guys are giving me love. But yes. also, I need another nickname. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, he has been uh, he has been dubbed Darth Cater, which I kind of like. I like Darth Cater. I think it's a good for for uh, for 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 one week for them to already have Darth Cater. I think it's pretty damn good uh, yeah. for 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 Cater Kohu to have. But apparently, he wants uh, uh, people to try for other stuff. He, he is. I don't think he's completely <laughs> sold on it. I don't know if he's going to get anything better than that. Does anything pop off the, cause I'm good at nicknames. I feel like in my own mind, I don't think I have anything for Cater Kohu cause it would just be a play on who, which I don't think is something you want in sports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm terrible at nicknames, you know that, but like his response, it was great. He's like, Darth Cater is cool. I like it. Let's see if we can come up with another one. Three exclamation. I think Darth Cater <laughs> is better than quick draw Jev. What do you, I mean, like, oh, for sure, for sure. Quick draw Jeff is like, it's very random. I don't know. I don't even understand why so is he, wordy. I feel like, I feel like quick draw Jeff would be like something. If you are a quarterback, you'd be quarterback, quarterback you know, right. but it's kind of a weird name for a safety. I don't really understand it. Maybe, maybe he was watching like happy Gilmore shooter. shooter. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, yeah. Quick draw dread, uh, quick draw Jeff, a little wordy. Yeah, it like, is. Uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tongue twister. A yeah. snowman's as good as it gets, dude. Yeah, you're, you're the snowman. All right, that's that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna go with. But Darth Cater, <laughs> I don't know, Cater Kohu. I think I think you should embrace that one, dude. You know, that's it, no, people love. Hey, it's just a little thing, a little hint, Cater. People like Star Wars. They like Star Wars, dude. I think you should just. I think you should uh, steer into that one. That should be your nickname. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, Solana, um, did you hear or see any of the clips? Of this crybaby Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Levitard show today, he was. You hear, he, what's up with him? I, I, I saw that. I saw the clips. I also saw he's taking credit for being the mother bleeper that Brady was right. talking about. Um, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, while he was down here until he got benched, always was like team guy. Always was the guy that wanted to credit the coaches and credit the players. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets replaced by Tua and he, he throws a hissy fit every week and he cries on camera. He was still crying then, about that today. He was like, oh, I still don't think I should have gotten benched for it. It's like, oh, dude, you, you bastard. Like, to think of your career as anybody who deserves anything in this league of substance is crazy to me because he wore a Conor McGregor outfit for three good Bucks games. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And Tobin. Let's be 100% honest. I mean, you mentioned it. He's a journeyman. But now, because you're on Amazon TV, you want to come around, do the media tour, and you want to, you know, stir the pot a little bit so that people will tune in. Hey, Fitzy, settle down, okay? The only people why, the only reason why people like you is because you have a nice beard. 
You're a wacky guy. You, you are supposed to be a wacky guy. You can't be serious. Like, and here's the thing. He's a nerd. All right. Like, and just embrace it. Like, Harvard. It's the You're same Harvard. thing. It's okay. the same thing that McCoach, like McCoach embraces his smart. He's a smart, witty guy, you know, yeah. the wacky, you know, he doesn't try and be over the top and bring out his Harvard or his Yale credentials. This Fitzpatrick. It's like, I, all right, you're cosplaying a wacky guy. That's all you are right now, dude. You got your Hawaiian shirts and your funny beard and you think you're cool and you're not. You're a show pony. And, 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 and you want to know something? We all know you hurt your hip on that water slide. And you know what? Karma's a mother bleeper because I know that you made fun of Tua's hip, and I'm glad that your hip got hurt because of an amusement park. You know what? Stu Gotts asked a very fair question. Very he fair asked a question. very fair question. And and oh. inconsequential, by the way. Inconsequential because he's not on a team anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. He's retired. Like, just be honest. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun, beard boy. You want to be so funny with your beard and your Hawaiian shirts? Answer the question. A, a, a real a, a real show pony who got in his feelings i i'm you know i'm glad i hope more people learn to hate ryan fitzpatrick I, I i'm glad that people are coming around to my side on this do you think you know he's seeing all the stuff aaron Rodgers is doing because aaron Rodgers is another one of these guys you know takes himself so seriously you think he's seeing that and he he's trying to be that almost like you know, carry himself with this bravado where, hey, like I, you know, like I, I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm better than you. That's what it felt like to me during that interview, where it was but almost like, like yeah, you, just, just be, just be you, be, be, be goofy Ryan that we all love down here. But the thing that's silly about it is, Aaron Rodgers taking himself seriously. Okay, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> ever. Tom Brady wants to take himself seriously. All right. I'll hear you out. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, what are we talking about here, dude? The guy played for half the league. Huh? Because I think the only reason it's because, like, he grew in fame because of Twitter. Like, that's what it's like. It's like why people like Mac Hollins. It's like, because he solves a Rubik's Cube on Instagram? <laughs> He's not a good receiver. Like, I, I don't understand this. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm one for the silly sauce. You know, I love hijinks. But... Okay, if you're hijinks guy, be hijinks guy. Trust me, I've made a pretty good career off of it. I'm not all of a sudden going to get insulted because somebody says, so what happened then when you ate that crow by a former NL MVP? I don't want to talk about that. It's a great day of shame. No, <laughs> if you're a clown, be a clown, Fitzy. Make me a bicycle. Speaking of, uh, of TikTok guy, hmm? that great video from Mac Hollins, his most recent one. Teaching us oh how to do God. foam rolling. <laughs> Talk about running out of ideas. He goes, man, I don't really know what to do here. Uh, oh, look at here. I'm in the training. Uh, you know what? I'll do it on foam rollers. Let me Google up three things that I can make in 13 seconds. Good riddance. Show me, show me how to roll on foam, Mac Collins. A minute-long <laughs> video on how yeah. to roll on foam. <laughs> Thanks, Mac Collins. Hey, you, hey, I will say, you know, you down the football like a god in this past Ravens game. We're going to miss it. We're, we're gonna miss it, dude. And your little dance because you got you got a ball inside the five. All right, that's our porpoise pod for today, everybody. Thanks for tuning on in, Solana. You're a beaut. And uh, by the way, Leroy stubbed his toe in the uh, in the driveway, and uh, yeah, I think that was karma I for I think that was karma for him, you know, coming after you. Leroy is ripping me for going into work, and you know, my knee swelled up a little, being being in pain. He's ripping me. I mean, Leroy hasn't left his house. He hasn't, when's the last time you saw Leroy in person, Tobin? 
I saw him like one time and that was only because his internet cut out, you know? <laughs> it's incredible. I, it's incredible. Now he's got a hot spot. He won't come in even for that. Told me he's getting a bone fusion. Eh, we'll, we'll see how he recovers, old man. <laughs>